Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen, and I would definitely join the doctor if he showed up at my door. I'm Anders, and in all my years in time and space, I have never met someone who's not important. (laughs) Such a good line. While we vary in terms of our tastes here on BGS, one thing will always remain constant. There's always more to learn from each other and the doctor. <laughs> and the doctor and his companions. Yes. Actually, you can learn more from the companions. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> so here on Bohemian Geek Studies, we dive into our favorite fandoms, but not everyone always likes the same things. So in this episode of our forced fandom series... We are forcing each other to engage with content that we others haven't seen before or otherwise wouldn't have engaged with. The rules are simple. We got to pick up to six hours of content that the others hadn't seen, that they had to watch or read or whatever. And this week, it is my turn. And I forced Colleen, if you haven't guessed already, (laughs) to watch one of my absolute favorite sci-fi series, Doctor Who. So Colleen, (laughs) before we get started... Just a quick primer on what, if anything, you knew about Doctor Who before this. All right. Well, I did know about Doctor Who. Like, let's be fair. It is a massive sci-fi franchise. It was one of the very few sci-fi franchises I hadn't really dove very deeply into. I'd seen some episodes here and there. I knew the general concept about the plot, the characters. Uh, I knew that there were a bunch of spinoffs as well. And that Jack Harkness was really hot. Like, I already knew that going in. That that was a good thing to know going in, was that I would see Jack Harkness and that he would be hot. Um, It's just as whimsical as I expected. A lot of the sci-fi aspects are really fun. Very British. Like, holy crap, this is a very British show. Like, everybody's British. All the casting. Even if they're in, like, ancient Greece. (laughs) Pompeii or Italy I'm like okay they're all British let's just roll with it um I'm a huge David Tennant fan I actually liked him before I started watching this show which is kind of strange um and then I had said this before when I started writing this if I do end up watching the entire series he would be the one to drag me in update I have started watching the entire series (laughs) (laughs) yes because I'm a completionist and once I start something and I get very engaged with it I have to finish it yeah so i came to this series i want to say it was towards the end of the matt smith era which was Mm -hmm. airing and i found it on like amazon prime and i had always kind of knew what i'd heard somewhat of it i recognized the blue box but i didn't really know what the heck it was and then i just went all in and i am just i am all in i am completely caught up i have watched all the (laughs) spinoffs i love them very much they are great even the like nickelodeon style kids one is just so Mm -hmm. much fun the Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, I love her and K9. <laughs> She's so fun. I love when um, they do a lot of recurring things with Doctor Who that I enjoy. Like they bring back characters, they bring back plot lines, which I think is really good and really fun. 
The only one that I don't really care for are the Daleks, and we'll talk about them later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah. <laughs> uh, a, I'm going to try and keep this brief. Um, when I start, you'll understand why it's hard to do mm-hmm. so. So Doctor Who originally premiered back in 1963. Uh, it ran until 1989 continuously. Then there was a television movie in 1996 before a full-on revival in 2005. The titular Doctor was originally played by William Hartnell. Uh, He is a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey, who travels throughout time and space in his TARDIS, uh, which stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Mm -hmm. And he is an alien. He's not a human. He is an alien. He has two hearts. Even though the humans are like, but you look human. He's like, no, you look like a Time Lord. Yes. So the TARDIS uh, has a camouflage feature, which allows it to change its appearance to blend in with whatever time and space it's in. But his is broken, so it is perpetually a blue old-timey British police box. It is also apparently not a problem. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, Also, famously, the TARDIS is bigger on the inside due to something about microdimensions. Not really sure what. There's a pool. (laughs) There's a pool. There's also like a sun in the middle, and that's the engine. (laughs) everything's fine fine. so the doctor travels with his companions and the show was actually originally conceived of as an educational program where if they were visiting the past you kids would be learning about a past culture or some kind of historical event and if they were traveling into the future they would feature some kind of like a science concept that you would learn about a british magic school bus in other words more or less. Uh, as time went on, the show developed into more of a traditional adventure series. And unfortunately, Hartnell became too ill to continue acting. Like they were at a point kind of towards the end of his run where he would just kind of say whatever he could. And the other actors had to kind of adapt the script around it. Unfortunately, he, he was just old and he was ill. Mm-hmm. So the creators came up with the last big piece of the puzzle, Regeneration. When a doctor or any time lord is close to death, he or she is able to regenerate into a new body, and thus a new actor takes on the role. To date, Jodie Whittaker is currently the 13th doctor, uh, with Nkuchi Gatwa set to take on the role in the next year or so. Um, I love him. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for him. Now, originally, they said that the doctor can officially have 12 regenerations. Mm -hmm. And so Matt Smith was originally... In theory, the last Doctor, after they introduced uh, some weird stuff with David Tennant, and uh, then they inserted William Hurt in as the War Doctor. Mm. So, haven't gotten to him yet, but I know he's coming. <laughs> yes, you know, that's a fantastic special. I almost picked it, but it was one. It was like an hour and a half, so I was like, eh, it's just yeah. it's too much extra time. Um, but then in the last couple of years, it's been retconned a couple of times, and we're currently at the point where the Doctor can just perpetually do this. Yeah, there is no limit. <laughs> it does not exist anymore. Yeah. Maybe a Time Lord had never gotten that far. Or they just all happened to die at that regeneration. No. So spoilers here for um, the newest seasons of Doctor Who. So when Matt Smith regenerates into Peter Capaldi, the story device they gave was actually that the Time Lords reached out from the pocket dimension that they were currently trapped in and gave him a new regeneration cycle. So they kind of give him a new 12. Then during Jodie Whittaker's era, they have the Timeless Child plotline where you discover that the Doctor 
is actually kind of the original Time Lord that was able to do this like all the way back when and has been perpetually regenerating oh, is the person who is the Time Lord who actually gave the Time Lords this ability in the first place. Oh shit. So specifically the doctor can do this an infinite number of times. Damn. A lot of uh, negative reaction to that whole storyline, but you know what? It works. We'll roll yeah, with it. I mean, they're just going to keep making it. So. They're, yeah, they're just going to keep going because they can. Yeah, fine. So anyway, for this podcast, I specifically chose six episodes from the Revival mm-hmm. series for you to watch, Colleen. Mm-hmm. A little bit about my choices here. I tried to pick one-off episodes that didn't require a lot of extra backstory. I also really wanted to pick ones that highlight doctor companion relationships, um, different doctors, different companions, and ones that were not severely reliant or particularly memorable because of a guest star's performance. So Mm -hmm. even though I'm sure we'll probably talk about them later, sorry to Blink and Vincent and the Doctor. (laughs) Two of my favorite episodes. (laughs) Two of the best episodes of the show, but they are just complete. Blink is completely reliant on Carrie Mulligan, the Doctor's barely in it, and Vincent and the Doctor is absolutely Tony Curran's show and Bill Nye's cameo. Yeah. That's what you're very reliant on like the last 15 minutes of the the episode. So the ones that I did select from the David Tennant slash Tenth Doctor era, we have The Girl in the Fireplace, which I think is my personal favorite episode of the series. I, oh, I absolutely love it. It was a good, one. It. It's a good uh, one. That has Billy Piper's Rose Tyler. Mm-hmm. Then you have Partners in Crime uh, with Catherine Tate's Donna Noble. One of my favorites. Probably my favorite companion. Moving into the Matt Smith era, The Beast Below with Karen Gillan's Amy Pond, which I specifically chose for Colleen because of the space whales. Yeah, I was very (laughs) excited when I found out that it was a pergill that was flying England around, basically. Yes. Uh, Then we have The Time of the Doctor, which is a Christmas and Matt Smith regeneration special Mm -hmm. uh, with Jenna Coleman's Clara Oswald. I wanted to make sure we got a regeneration in there. Yeah. It was a good one, too. That was a very emotional episode. It's a very emotional episode, and it's very good. Yeah. Uh, Then from the Peter Capaldi 12th Doctor era, we have Time Heist, also with Jenna Coleman, uh, which I specifically picked uh, because I wanted you to get some more Jonathan Bailey in your life. Yeah, it's necessary. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, The Husbands of River Song, which is the Christmas special, season nine, episode 13 with Alan Kingston's River Song, who I just oh, knew God. you had to meet. I love, I love Alex Kingston. So this, I was very happy that there was a River Song episode and I really enjoyed her character. <laughs> that was a very emotional episode too. It is. And it gets even more so if you, when you get there again, after all of her stuff with all of the doctors that she's a part of yeah. their story and everything that they go through and you really realize like which one are you where are we like have we done this before i'm like oh she doesn't know (laughs) all right so with those particular episodes in mind colleen what were your first thoughts upon engaging with this show you had an idea about doctor who so what were you kind of expecting were you surprised were you 
Tell me about it. Uh, I was surprised that you picked episodes with hardly any Dalek content. I thought that's <laughs> definitely where we were going. Um, otherwise, it was exactly what I expected. But that's because I had seen a couple episodes before. I will point out here that you did send me a text that said I should I owe you something extra for not warning you how silly it is. Well, yes, it was, it was very silly. Like, especially when I started watching from Christopher Eccleston, who I very much enjoy, like the ninth doctor is really fun, but there is some really bad cheesy nonsense in that season. (laughs) I'm looking at you farting aliens. Absolutely not. (laughs) That is so bad and terrible. And I was really angry when they came back. I was like, I did not know. I did not sign up for you to come back. (laughs) It's not what I wanted. Um, I did think that the Weeping Angels were really, really freaking terrifying. Like, yes, that lives in my nightmares now (laughs) forever and ever. Um, And then, of course, seeing our space whale was delightful. I'm really glad that you picked three different doctors for us to watch. Like, it showed that his identity, like, it kind of changes his he wakes up and knows who he is, but also sometimes does not know exactly what's going on. He's got a few screws loose when he wakes up, but that his core personality pretty much remains the same. Um, I do like how he grows emotionally, but then also regresses. Like with David Tennant's doctor, he grew. And then when Matt Smith wakes up, he kind of regresses back to a little bit more childishness. Absolutely. He does. Yeah. And I was like, that might be because David Tennant, Tenth Doctor at the end, was so cynical and detached from what he was doing, like his mission, and just becoming this like God complex character. I'm like, oh shit, this is not gonna go well. This is why there are no time lords, because <laughs> if they get like this and can live forever, that is not a good thing. Um, one thing I wasn't a huge fan of was that so many of the companions seemed to like fall for him. And instantly, like fall in love with him instantly, except Donna, of course, because she's amazing. Was Whoa, like, no, hold I'm on there, spaceman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, don't <laughs> touch me. Mm-mm. And he's like, but I'm so handsome. It's like, yeah, whatever. You're handsome. Doesn't matter. Um, I did wonder why you didn't choose any of the Eccleston episodes. And then I watched that season and now I know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when I was picking when I was picking episodes here, you know, I referred to a little bit about my thought process, but there were just a few sacrifices I had to make to keep within our time limit. One thing I sacrificed was an episode with Martha Jones, who is the second companion of the, of the revival after Rose and before Donna. Mm-hmm. As a character, she kind of just gets shortchanged. She really does. A lot. Um, as the companion. As the she's com- not the companion. Yes, later on when she comes back, she becomes, she does ultimately get to a very satisfying place with her character, Mm -hmm. but the fans were kind of still pining after the whole Rose 10 thing, Mm -hmm. and they did, they repeated the young girl that falls for the doctor all over again, although Martha is a different person Mm -hmm. than Rose. I mean, she's a doctor herself. She is a doctor, but yet she came off as more immature than rose who starts off as like 19 or 20 yeah and then martha is just cranky that the doctor doesn't love her (laughs) there are some really there are some really good um martha episodes the one that i would have that i would have picked for her um was the one with the shakespeare witches (laughs) 
Okay. That one's just fun. <laughs> I like the Shakespeare wishes. I thought you might have chosen the one where he like forces his memory loss and he becomes human. He, that one is a two-parter, it's a which two-parter. is why I didn't pick it. And it's really good. <laughs> it is really good. It that has, one oh, that has um very sad. Daenerys's brother. Yes. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the one that Viserys. she pours the golden crown on. Viserys. Viserys that one yeah. has Viserys Targaryen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I ultimately sacrificed that one to highlight Peter Capaldi and to mm-hmm. let you and to give you Jonathan Bailey in Which honor of Bridgerton. <laughs> that is fair. And that was a really fun episode. I'm not a big Clara fan. I'm hoping that as I watch more, Clara grows on you a lot over time. Um, And then she ultimately kind of overstays her welcome. But then, Mm -hmm. but there is a good stretch where Clara is actually fantastic. Um, The other, the other main sacrifice I had to make was the ninth doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Mm -hmm. The show was just still finding its rhythm. And other than the episode Dalek, the one good Dalek episode (laughs) or the, like the very first episode, the pilot, I couldn't really think of a good one to highlight his time. So in the Mm -hmm. end, the other doctors just kind of won out. That's okay. It was, he's a good, a good doctor. I'm sad that he didn't get to continue on, right? but I understand why he didn't. There's a lot of kind of controversy going on with that. As to whose decision that was, no one seems to be able to come up with the actual answer. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then Tennant took over, which, ushered in I think my favorite so far that I've seen Mm -hmm. it's like could have been would have been I think it worked out in the end I think that um Billy Piper had better chemistry with David Tennant definitely than she did with Chris Eccleston I think he was a little too old for her for that role I mean the doctor is ancient obviously but he just didn't quite have the same feeling that David Tennant's big sad puppy dog eyes brought <laughs> to that relationship yes <laughs> so the getting into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty into the show so the show is obviously famous for the main character he's so aloof he's funny he's kind of for the most part i mean up until jody whitaker took on the role he, he's a man child yeah <laughs> the entire time yeah but the revival shows made a very very specific choice to make him feel more human he is much more he feels lost more he's basically suffering from ptsd yes um the main events again spoilers here between the 1996 movie and the start of the revival um the daleks and the time lords basically got into an all-out war known as the time war Mm -hmm. um that ended with the doctor wiping them all out all the daleks yep. all the time lords <laughs> he so made the decision to as end to how this. he did that <laughs> uh, again you gotta watch uh, the war doctor uh, i know it's coming <laughs> i know <laughs> it's an incredibly heavy thing on his yes. two hearts that he's yeah. dealing with and he's still trying to travel and sort of run away from his problems but also really using that as the crux for a lot of his decision making mm-hmm. so what do you guys think what do you think colleen of the the way that the show moved in that direction right is it just more of a grown-up show can st- kids still enjoy it can they learn from it i think kids would find certain things funny <laughs> oh definitely it, it really depends on the age i mean i watched star wars when i was a kid so 
Yeah. I think it's still accessible. There are certain parts that are fun, certain parts that are scary, but then we watch all kinds of stuff when we're young and our parents are like, sure, watch whatever. It's not rated R. Is it all right? Go. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're my mom, you're like, oh, it's rated R. That's fine. Just don't look at the certain parts or and don't swear. I'm like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> Um, I think there's lots of things you can learn from it, though, about letting go. And you learn about death. You learn, especially with the Donna storyline and what happens to her, oh, God. Yes. which is awful. <laughs> Do you guys want more on that? Go back mm. to our uh, women, our, fa- mm-hmm. our best female or women characters in fandom and why I put Donna Noble at my number one spot. Uh, she's so good. <laughs> and I love her grandpa. That oh, I love. That. I really like that we get to meet the families of the companions it's not just like he picks up some companion takes them away and nothing happens while they're gone mm-hmm. which they very easily could do and be like oh time travel but since the TARDIS is kind of broken <laughs> and the doctor when he regenerates sometimes is not quite ready on the level to do stuff when he regenerates <laughs> it creates all these fun little pockets and things that are just it's entertaining. I think the kids would like it. I think kids would be more scared of the Daleks than I am. Unless one opens up and then I'm like, no, no, hard pass. Get it away from me. <laughs> that is some yes. terrifying shit. Yes, I, the Daleks are. I like it. <laughs> Especially the freaking Technicolor ones. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> like, there's a white one and a red one and a yellow one and a blue one. And I don't yeah. Now we have created a new Dalek empire yeah, that like gets destroyed. How many times? <laughs> yeah, how many times are we going to create this new Dalek empire? <laughs> I mean, how many times Ugh. can we create a Cyberman empire? Oh, God. The Cybermen, though, I'm a little bit more freaked out by just because they were humans. Yes, and they're like humanoid. And... Yeah, just a little bit more squidgy because, like, oh, I do not want my brain put into one of those. <laughs> so Colleen what do you think about the romance involved in this because the revival we've kind of referred to this it's more romantic in nature 9 10 and 11 particular growing very strong feelings for their companions or for some other characters involved uh 12 does this to a certain extent as well mm-hmm. with uh his nemesis the master who then regenerates into missy the mistress I cannot wait for that. <laughs> oh, it's great. And you're going to, and you, you'll, rec- you'll know the actress instantly too. <laughs> okay. Here for it. Yes. Um, but why, why would they introduce this? Does it make the show more enjoyable, more complex, less so it's because it's not something that was really there in the in original the run. I like it. Of course. <laughs> I love romance plot lines. <laughs> I don't mind if they're there so long as they're well done. Uh, I think that Rose and the doctor is very well done. I found their relationship very compelling and very sweet. And when he burns up an entire son, just so that he can say goodbye to her, I was like weeping. Everything's fine. (laughs) It was really, really good. I think they needed this kind of emotional connection and romance is an easier way to get there, but they can overuse it at times, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm glad that Amy has Rory. 
Oh God, and Amy and Rory are. I love Amy and Rory. And yet Amy is so hot for the doctor, like tries oh, yeah. to make out with him in the middle of yes. her own wedding to Rory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amy, Amy's just in it to win it. Amy is just going to get it where she can. <laughs> yes. Like, get after it, girl. And Rory's fine with that. He's Mr. Pond. <laughs> I'm Mr. Amy Pond. That is. <laughs> that is absolutely what he is. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it adds a fun element, which is. I think draws in a certain level of viewership that a purely science fiction show like with no emotional connection or no romance would like there's reasons that the expanse does so well or Battlestar Galactica it's because of the romance angles the will they won't they it's always there and it always works (laughs) because that's what people want to know like who's going to end up together at, at the very end yes the doctor of course may never end so that's kind of getting into different territories like rose kind of ends up with the doctor forever when he's the human doctor the human copy of the doctor that the, took the regeneration the energy yeah the doppelganger doctor ends up with rose which i'm like that's actually what she needs so yeah. i was i was okay with that like she needs someone who can grow old with her and not want to go on cockamamie adventures all the time <laughs> And put her in constant danger. Yes, she needs to settle in. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. In the new universe. Now, if only Jackie universe. could find somebody. <laughs> oh, Jackie does. Jackie's with with the other dad. Did they end up together? It's been a while since I've seen. Yes, how they that ended. I mean, they might break up. Uh, okay, they okay. Have the baby, where she's like, we named him the Doctor, and he's like, really? <laughs> she's like, no, his name's Tony. <laughs> Shout out once again to the family members. Jackie is amazing. Jackie's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, I loved it. All right. So of the episodes you saw, just kind of out of these, and I know you've seen some more. I'm pretty sure I would know your answer to this question, but which which was your favorite doctor? Number 10. <laughs> David Tennant is my favorite. I really am liking Matt Smith. Um he brings a very innocent quality to it that David Tennant doesn't have. I love how grumpy Peter Capaldi was. <laughs> He's so grumpy. <laughs> that was good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I used to would have said Tennant, but I think ultimately I say Matt Smith now. Mm-hmm. I think I like him just a little bit more. His arc, one thing you can say about this show as it's gone on, I mean, we're into season like 12 at this point. It's BBC, so there's like max 10 per season. So, yeah. and that's a lot for the BBC. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, this show has definitely taken on darker tones um, over time. Like I remember a while back I was going I was just kind of going back through and I was like oh, I want to watch a couple of good like David Tennant ones I want to watch a couple of good Matt Smith ones and I realized how much of Matt Smith's era was set up in these kind of serialized arcs mm-hmm. there are a lot more like two and three parter type things yes. that mm-hmm. just require more context and they get kind of dark and then Capaldi comes along and stuff does get very dark under Capaldi mm-hmm. uh, if you are ever in the mood for probably one of the better monologues on tv ever just do a youtube search for peter capaldi doctor who war speech and watch that scene Uh (laughs) it's it's a phenomenal just breakdown of the nature and of war where it's always headed 
what it's what it costs basically everything we loved about Andor in one scene. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for him to flex. Yeah. Peter Capaldi is a very interesting. He actor. probably over over the course he changes the most as the Doctor from his intro to where he ends up. He goes through some major, major evolution. Like David Tennant, he does get very kind of cynical by the end, but he mm-hmm. he's still kind of essentially the same as when he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Matt Smith just I he's he's this like man child and he's just having fun and he does yeah. some he's very serious boy. thing. He does some very serious boy. stuff, but yes. you know, you know what, guys, bow ties are cool. Oh god. His his <laughs> bow tie is so cute. The Fez, though, no, Doctor, you can't have the Fez. I love when River shoots it. <laughs> it's just fantastic. <laughs> He's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I mean, if we're talking about romance, the River Song story is one of the better executed love stories. <laughs> and, and it's told out of order, which is really fun. Out of order for both characters. Mm-hmm. So River Song... Um, I don't know if I want to spoil too much about her as a person, uh, but Riversong is an archaeologist from the future who we meet for the first time in Silence of the Silence of the Library, a two-parter during Good. the the ten, ten Donna no era. Fin- phenomenal. Yes. Donna um, has been saved. Like, oh no. <laughs> But River Song shows up and she knows who the doctor is and he has no idea who she is. Nope. And she dies at the end of that episode. Yep. So she met, so her last meeting with the doctor was the first time he met her. And mm-hmm. so we, every time we see her, they are constantly starting to like check in with each other. Like they have their little diaries of like, yep. okay, wait, did we do this yet? Did we do this? No, we didn't do that yet. Okay. So this okay. is where we are. This is what I can tell you. God, when Alex Kingston says spoilers. Oh, man. (laughs) Yes, I love how she says spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) And her wardrobe is the best out of anybody's. She always looks fantastic. Like, Mm -hmm. girl, you're even serving in that prison uniform. You look great. (laughs) She looks amazing. (laughs) All right, Colleen. So Mm -hmm. of all the ones you've seen, who's your favorite individual companion? I think Rose. <laughs> Rose has to be. I love um, the doomed romance angle trope. I'm I'm all here for that. The most emotional part that I've seen so far was when they're split up. Oh and, yes, and they're on opposite sides, yes. and they're listening at the wall. Yes, that when they're <laughs> like their faces are against the same wall, and I'm like, no, this is terrible, <laughs> absolutely awful. Um, I would pick river except i don't think she's really a companion she's more like an equal mm-hmm. to him i think rose is his equal in di- in different ways but river is really like a time hopper on her own she's more like jack she operates on her own she has her own agency and just goes on missions with other people and not the doctor only so I don't think she's really a companion. I think she shows up, does her thing, and it's like, I'm out now. See you, sweetie. <laughs> I can drive the TARDIS better than you. Because <laughs> you never so took the say, emergency brake off. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? <laughs> so Rose is my favorite companion. River is probably my favorite female character so okay. far, at least. Okay. 
that it's so tough to pick a, a, a favorite companion. Like I, yeah. I, Amy I, and Rory too. Great. <laughs> Amy, a, I, God, I love Amy. I, I love the evolution that she goes through, not only with her time with the doctor, but her, how her relationship with Rory also evolves yes. over the entire, that entire thing. Oh God, you haven't gotten there yet. The way, the way she has to say goodbye Ooh, to, to the TARDIS. Oh, I'm not there yet. I know um, it's going to be really, really bad. <laughs> it's uh, the Angels Take Manhattan. Mm-hmm. One of the sillier which, concepts. That which happened. I know is going to be Angel, the Weeping Angels again, which just means I'm going to be scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, that's right up there. That's it's it's a very emotional scene with the way that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. But oh, God. And I, I love Donna, but I want to save her for, for our next, for our next bit. I do love Donna. She is just like, mm. but the library, her in the library where she meets like her actual true love. And then there's nothing. And then they're just separated forever. <laughs> she does get married. Like she marries the other guy that seems nice enough. She does get to marry somebody. And then have you gotten to... <sighs> You know, I picked six episodes, but now that Colleen's seen uh-huh. plenty, I'm just like, you know, let's I just pick know. what what we got. Uh, you you've done the doctor's daughter, yes, yeah, where yeah. she figures out the the time frame and what the what the symbols mean. Yeah, as the doctor's daughter is a very interesting episode of television where David Tennant's real life wife yes. plays the <laughs> daughter of his character, the doctor. And she in real life is also the daughter of another actor who played the doctor. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. That was also a sad episode. <laughs> now that I think back on it, there's a lot of there's sad, a lot of sad. episodes. <laughs> like it's fun and it's zany and it's wacky. And they usually win. They usually overcome the odds, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes getting there is really, really fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Like the space whale. <laughs> oh God, when, the the space qu- whale. <laughs> when the queen realizes that she's been torturing this animal for that for long. Hundreds of years. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is terrible. No wonder Amy was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and the doctor was about to make that choice. Yeah. It's like, no. Oh. <laughs> All right. And then, because I do think that this is a different question, your favorite pairing of Doctor and Companion. And romantically, Ten and Rose. Um, River is obviously in the mix there. I really like Amy and Rory and the Doctor's like rapport back and forth. I think they are hilarious. I love that Rory just goes along with it. He's like, I guess this is what my girlfriend slash fiance slash wife wants to do so that's what we're doing (laughs) he's just the ultimate supportive husband i love that he's the centurion Mm -hmm. that stays with her like forever basically rescues her from like the burning or rescues the cube pandora's box thing pandorica pandorica from the burning museum i'm like oh my god And they just put these things, they put these people in just the absolute most absurd situations. Like there is just the episode where there's a dinosaur on a spaceship. Yeah. And it's just like, cool, that's what's happening today. Okay. I guess, I guess that's where we are. Oh, there are fly people, apparently. (laughs) Poor fly people. They deserved better. Yes. (laughs) 
That was a weird episode. <laughs> it was a really weird episode. Uh, I gotta say, I no, my favorite pairing has to be the Doctor and Donna. Just their friendship. I really... They're such good friends. I think it is something that we are lacking in TV and movies a lot of the time in true, deep, still to a degree intimate, but platonic friendships between people who, I would just say opposite sex couples, but just people who would otherwise normally be romantically involved, but just aren't because the strength Mm -hmm. of their friendship is so strong. And it's not like a, it's not a will they, won't they? Right. We already know they won't. (laughs) We know they won't. We're glad that they won't because they make just an amazing pair as they are. Mm -hmm. Donna has the hots for like everyone except him. (laughs) Yes. Jack shows up and she's like, I'm going to climb him like a tree. (laughs) And Jack's like, like, I'm down for that. Yeah. Like, girl, get after it. Doctor's (laughs) like, no, no, stop flirting with everything that moves. Both of you. They just, I mean, they are so good for each other in their, in that relationship. I mean, Donna is a hot mess when she she meets the doctor. But he's a hot mess too. Yes, he is. He keeps it, keeps it tight. Like he keeps it very inside, but she's able to like peel back all these layers because she won't put up with his bullshit. Yes. (laughs) And it's fantastic. (laughs) And that's when he really starts to go downhill is when. Donna has to leave. Mm-hmm. That's when he's like, I can never have another companion. I am a god. <laughs> that was alarming. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. This is not gonna go well, you guys. <laughs> I do like that they did like the four specials with Tenant of him being alone. So it didn't seem sudden. Yes. The turn that he takes. And you get to go on like this very last journey with him. And Although not necessarily. Go, I mean, I know I, I know guest starring and coming back because that's just yes, what he is. They do. So David Tennant and actually Catherine Tate as Donna are coming back mm-hmm. uh, for the 60th anniversary special. I don't know if she's going to be in all of them, but mm-hmm. I believe the plan is for there to be three specials this year with Ooh. David Tennant, ultimately ending um, because at the end of Jodie Whittaker's regeneration special, she regenerates into David Tennant again. Oh. And, he really wanted to come back. <laughs> and then uh, this run of specials will happen and it'll end with him regenerating into Nguchikawa. Okay. He has a lot of unresolved shit, the 10th Doctor. He really he, does. He, like, his, mm, he has a lot, a <laughs> lot going on. This is like the emotional roller coaster doctor, is David Tennant's 10th Doctor. Yes. Like Matt Smith, he just does what he. That's what he needs to do. (laughs) And he gets a very satisfying kind of conclusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And then of the episodes I had you watch, if you want to throw another one in there from some of the others you've seen, (laughs) what was your favorite episode? Okay. The ones out of the ones you had us watch, The Beast Below was my favorite. (laughs) Um, I think I liked it the most because it didn't need as much setup. It really was like very standalone. Like Amy had just become the companion. They were just getting used to each other. The other episodes, I was like, okay, there's relationships here that are already established that I wanted to know more about. So then of course, then I wanted to go and rewatch and watch the series. I just really liked how dark and twisty this episode was. Amy and her like her pajamas, the um, 
big the movie big inspired carnival guys in those yes. booths freaky i was like no absolutely not <laughs> first of all why are they so clean like who's cleaning these things do they like come out at night and clean themselves possibly because they're like they said this everything on the ship is grimy and dirty and gross except these really fucking scary things in these zoltan booth things turning heads and no (laughs) (laughs) and then there was the space whale and they were torturing it and the poor thing just wanted to save the children i did like that amy figured it out Mm -hmm. because she the doctor needs companions who have humanity because humans think differently and feel differently they're kind of more emotionally driven than logically driven especially with the other aliens you meet like most of them are either instinct driven like the weeping angels or artificial intelligences but humans are always messy (laughs) humans are just emotional messes and i think that's why the doctor likes them so much they're very resilient yes they always come back and that that's kind of like the regeneration thing the doctor's like oh you guys kind of got this regeneration thing going on you're kind of idiots and you die really easily (laughs) but (laughs) otherwise you seem really cool um that was probably my favorite of the ones you had us watch the ones that i watched on my own like blink amazing i didn't know blink is just so amazing was in it yeah carrie mulligan is the central figure in it and she shows up i was like holy shit this is really really good um loved vincent and the doctor i weep copiously at the end every single time when he when he realizes how much he's loved as an artist and just as a person bill nye like that that monologue is that scene yeah so good so good and he could be if they ever wanted to cast like the doctor's father he would be an excellent choice because he looks a lot like matt smith (laughs) (laughs) holy shit when they were in those scenes together it's like wait a minute it's like some secret time learn um everything with the master i love that performance yes the, he is fantastic he's unhinged i love when they finally meet timothy dalton who is the the bad guy like the chancellor or the president or like the the, the leader of the time lord council the leader of the time lords he fucking sucks he's like putting on his best devilish smile and he's narrating the episode so i'm like oh timothy dalton showed up yay i love <laughs> timothy dalton this is gonna be great and then i'm like no out no he's bad he's really bad <laughs> and i just liked that he's talking to the doctor and the master who are the ones who survived and yet he's sitting there judging them being like you're the outcasts you're the ones who don't fit the the doctor who is probably more whimsical than the rest of the goddamn time lords and the master who they basically pushed out because of his reaction to seeing the center of the universe and hearing that drum beat in his head and they're like you're weird you can't hang out with us anymore and turns out it was their fault the whole time yes their fault the entire time (laughs) not surprised that the omnipotent long-lived time lords are at fault for a lot of bad shit that happens yes <laughs> um i think of oh god blink is just such a great episode it's such a well-crafted mm-hmm. episode of tv the weeping angels are one of the major 
additions that the revival made to the long-running villains Mm -hmm. in the series so the weeping angels for anyone who doesn't know they are to generally look at them they look kind of like angel statues Mm -hmm. that you would see at a church or in a in a park or something like that but they're always like covering their eyes because Mm -hmm. the weeping angels i think it's called a quantum lock or quantum stasis lock or something basically Mm -hmm. if they are being observed then they can't move they are frozen in place Mm -hmm. and they're made of stone so you can't destroy them really (laughs) right you can't really destroy them but then as soon as you look away or as the episode says as you blink that second mm-hmm. your eyes are closed then they can move and they get closer and closer and closer yes now what they actually do i still think i still don't understand but that can be said of a lot of things in the show yeah they, they eat something strange basically like how you. they survive is weird. they touch <laughs> you and send you back in time and then they feed off the energy that you like would have lived in your life mm-hmm. it's really yeah. weird so but it's like it's, they're eating your ghost Kind Almost, of. I don't know. It's all, as David Tennant so aptly put it, it's wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Yes, <laughs> very wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Very wibbly wobbly, timey stuff. But like I said, of the episodes that I had you watch, my personal favorite and my favorite episode of the series is "The Girl in the Fireplace." That one's fantastic. Uh, it's so this mm-hmm. this is David Tennant and Rose and Mickey. God, Mickey. <laughs> But so one of my favorite things of this episode is David Tennant somehow gets a horse. Yes. And Rose tells him, You're not keeping the horse. And he just looks at her and says, I let you keep Mickey, her boyfriend at the time. (laughs) But you keep Mickey. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) But the the girl in the fireplace has them on a spaceship that is full of these like windows, one of which goes through a fireplace throughout Mm -hmm. the life of Madame du Pompadour, who was the mistress of Louis the Fourteenth, I think. The Sun King, I think. I think, yeah. She I was a very she was yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was the 14th. Um she was a very popular courtier. Um she had a great relationship with the Queen, despite the fact that she's, you know, the girlfriend of her husband. <laughs> the Queen was probably like good. Yeah. <laughs> Take like, him you know, away. You guys, you guys are good. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was a big philanthropist, like she was a very beloved figure, but this idea Mm -hmm. that the doctor is, as far as he's concerned, like jumping to parts of her life in the course of seconds, mere minutes, Mm -hmm. and she has to, as she puts it, kind of keep taking the long way around, Mm -hmm. and they have this kind of odd love story thing. Another sad one. (laughs) Another sad one where the doctor, though, introduces the, uh, the strawberry daiquiri, like, 200 years too early yeah <laughs> into france it's totally fine. uh and these like the the villains in that one are these like anima an, animatronic not quite android not quite robots but they've got like the almost like the mardi gras masks his faces yes. and the wigs like the harlequin masks the harlequin masks and the <sighs> the circuitry in their heads it's like really mm-hmm. it's like this ticking thing so creepy. <laughs> it's really so creepy, creepy but it's really good Yes, that part was really well done. I am afraid of any sort of doll. Like, no ventriloquist dummies. No, absolutely not. And then those things came out of the woodwork, and I was like, "No, Anders, what have you done? This is awful. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here for these awful atrocities. I really was not here for the last human 
on in the galaxy to be a stretched piece of sentient <laughs> skin. It's played by Madame Hooch. Yes. And she's fantastic. Like the character is very, very funny and very. She just wants to be thinner. Yes, she just wants to be thinner. I did like her and like she actually has an arc, shocking though it is. And I liked the ending of her arc where she actually made a good choice. And it's like, oh, see, humans can change. <laughs> just has to be brought around by a huge monumental universe ending stress, I guess. Yes. <laughs> All right, Colleen. So I would ask if you're going to watch more of the show, but I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> yep. So. Um, I did start watching. I'm up to Matt Smith. I think I'm on season, I think seven, five. I don't know which season I'm on. I just keep watching. I mean, you've done the Pandorica. <laughs> I've done the Pandorica. The, has the astronaut happened yet? Yes. The astronaut okay. just happened. Um did the Dumbledore Scrooge flying sharks. That's a great one. That's a great Christmas special. Very interesting. Um, That had Catherine Jennings, I think is her name. Mm -hmm. The opera singer was in that and she sang beautifully in that episode. Um, I think that's kind of where I left off. I'd have to go and recheck, but we're definitely in Rory Amy River companion era. Yeah, I think you've probably got You've probably got like one more season of Matt Smith, I think, at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to get to Capaldi because I know he's crazy. (laughs) He's nuts. He's crazy. Like I said, though, he goes to some dark, he goes to a few dark, dark places. Um, After all the good fun times we have with Amy and Rory. (laughs) Yes. One last question for you, Colleen, because this is something Mm -hmm. I kind of noticed after after I had watched the show. And this is also something I noticed after I finished my my long term binge of Star Trek Mm. is I start to recognize the references and the bits in other properties. Have you seen anything else where you're just like, oh, my God, that's a Doctor Who thing. Like that's a Doctor Who joke on American Dad or that's a. I mean, I'm sure I have. Yeah, I, I I've really I've been like watching Doctor Who Christmas movies and anime. So I don't know if I'm rife <laughs> for a lot of Doctor Who references outside of Doctor Who. Okay. But once I start watching other content, I'm sure it'll be there. Mm-hmm. They definitely feed each other. Um, science fiction always has and always will. Yes. New ideas go back and forth. I mean, time travel is huge. We have the Time Machine, H.G. Wells, and then so many properties have spun off of that idea. Um, I really want to, is there a submarine episode of Doctor <laughs> Who? I would really like there to be a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I think there <laughs> so, is. I think there's, there's a, I think there ones. is. I think there is, a, there is a submarine one somewhere. Um, They've definitely borrowed from other science fiction, like Alien. Um, there's a south korean tv show that is set on the moon that deals with moon water that i watched before the mars episode with the water <laughs> creatures and i was yes. like oh shit <laughs> like just don't drink the water <laughs> seriously there's also going back to the girl in the fireplace i remember actually when i saw interstellar and he's uh, in that like tesseract thing communicating through the bookshelf and i'm just like oh this is doctor this is the girl in the fireplace <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and they all like balance each other out really well. They it's do. an homage. It's never usually yes. like a blatant thievery. It's just 
No. It's an homage. It's an homage. We're all drinking from the same pond. So we yes. have to try and make things a little different. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who truly does. It's constantly kind of reinventing itself while staying the mm-hmm. same. There are several spinoffs. So there is the kind of more, the Jack Harkness focused one, uh, Torchwood, which is a definitely more adult focused series. Mm-hmm. Um, on the kind of more kid friendly front, there is the Sarah Jane Adventures, which Sarah Jane Smith, one of the more famous companions from the original run, mm-hmm. she gets her own spinoff kind of in a Nickelodeon style. With the dog, the robot with K-9, dog. The, ro- the robot dog. <laughs> that is something, if you've never actually seen K9, you'll be like, oh my God, this is where that, this is where that thing comes from. Because yes. you've definitely seen K9 in something else. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, then there was one season of one. It was like a teen drama known as, it was called Class. It was uh-huh. pretty good. It just didn't last long. And I feel like there might be plans for another one at some point soon. They're always planning on doing spinoffs of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it works really well. And sometimes it does not. I, I'll probably watch Torchwood just because I really love Jack. <laughs> really like Jack Hartness. He is a bisexual, chaotic person. <laughs> and not even bisexual. He's more pansexual. He's yeah, definitely, he's definitely pansexual. He will literally fuck a hole in the ground. He does not care who, what, when, where, <laughs> or how, which is hysterical. I'm totally here for that. And the actor does a really good job with that character when he showed up in the Doctor Who episodes. I was like, yay! <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's already here and so handsome. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. As Rose is like, all right, another time guy. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. I'm very glad that you uh, forced me to watch it. I remember because I was actually talking about this with a couple of other people uh, and I mentioned that we were doing this and they looked at me and they said, Colleen hasn't watched Doctor Who? That seems like a big oversight on her part. Yeah. Yeah, well, they probably haven't watched as much anime as me. (laughs) Uh, One of them, maybe. One of them, One of them, yes. One of them has definitely watched as much anime as I but I mean, there are definitely holes in people's viewing. Like, I need to catch up on Star Trek, although I've seen a lot of Star Trek. Um, trying to think what other sci-fi fantasy stuff. I don't do Wheel of Time, really. Like, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, this is okay. It's yeah. good. But I don't know if I would, like, go back for a rewatch. I don't know. I, I, next up for me, I want to read at least the first book before season two comes out. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a, a ton of stuff too that I would like to read, like um, Patrick Wolfless. If he ever freaking finishes the oh third god, book, if he ever does the third book, The Name of the Wind. Like I have the first two books, but I'm not going to read them if he never finishes. They're so it. good. Do you also have Slow Regard of Silent Things? That sounds really familiar. I probably have it. It's I'm like a, it's it's shelf. it's a it's a novella in that in that world. Okay, I probably have mm-hmm. it because I have like a bunch of books today. Yeah, no, you would love that. It's basically the entire thing is the stream of consciousness from a Luna Lovegood type character. Oh, just, <laughs> just her, inter- Just her internal monologue for like 60 pages. <laughs> I mean, that if it's done well, that's totally fine. Can to- I can totally get into that kind of situation. That's basically what we do in the Doctor Who episode where Moni Merle yes. gets turned into basically a cement block 
<laughs> she's stuck in the cement. That was a weird AF episode also. Yes. There are so many that are just so weird. And it's so great that they're able weird. to just, I love that they're able to just be like, who cares if it's weird? We're going to have fun with it. Yeah. And they definitely, definitely do. I wish they'd have more fun with Daleks or make them scarier. They're kind of in this in-between place of they could be scary, but they usually take it a step too far. Like the human Dalek hybrid person. I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) it was not, it was not scary. I thought it was better like I said before, the first Dalek episode where Rose basically like imprints herself onto the Dalek. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they get combined. That I found very interesting and very well done. Everything Dalek afterward has just been like, mm. <laughs> it's middling to fine. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They're silly. They're They've been fun. there since like the beginning, almost the very beginning. They were there in the very first season of the original yeah. Doctor Who. They look like pepper shakers. <laughs> they do. In fact, you can buy pepper shakers. Of oh, I'm, I'm not surprised that you can buy Dalek pepper shakers. Oh, they're terrible. I love it so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is where we will leave it for today. So thank you, Colleen. And thank you all for being with us. Come back again next time. You can find us uh, wherever you're getting your podcasts, wherever you do that, Good Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, whatever it is, hit that follow button, give us a five-star review. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com. You can check out all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she reviews Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. And as always, just keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really helps. Mm-hmm. You can find Colleen and I also over on the Yet Another Star Wars podcast feed. We just recently wrapped up our coverage of Andor Season 1, and we are gearing up for the Season 2 premiere of The Bad Batch. So excited. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Try out some new content with the Forgotten Entertainment family over at ForgottenEntertainment.com. And until next time, fire up the TARDIS and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.